0: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's
1: Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Oh,
2: Recorded live.
3: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Talking Twilight Zone.
2: Mother, should I trust the
4: government?
3: sad when a mother has to speak the words that condemn her own son, but I couldn't allow them to believe that I would commit murder. They'll put him away now, as I should have years
5: ago. He was always bad. Back to me, Mother. I want you to.
1: Alex. You. Oh. Can we go to the park and then to the zoo and have two ice cream cones? Oh boy.
4: Away, lady. We don't need you anymore.
5: You open this door with the click of a mouse. Beyond it is a world of sound, thought, and opinion. In-depth discussions of television's greatest blending of science, superstition, imagination. And you're invited along. Next, we'll be talking Twilight Zone.
1: Good afternoon, everybody,
3: and welcome to Talking Twilight Zone. And I'm Lynn, I'm your host for today, and I'm here with uh, my co host Bobby and Robert. Hello, folks, how are you? Hello. Hi, hey, and uh,
4: Lynn's the mother of the show today, aren't you? Yeah, uh, yes, I am. Yes, I am.
3: <laughs> and uh, we're unfortunately we're missing Dave, our dear Dave. He is at a wedding, though he's having a great time, getting drunk and having a wonderful time dancing and falling over and everything. So,
4: so yeah, we're, don't fall we're, over, Dave. Be careful. That yeah, be careful. There. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: be nice. To, hey, he should send us all a piece of wedding cake, but. Uh, yeah, we'll miss him today, but I'm glad he's having a good time. And we have a couple of guests here today. We have Lewis. Hi, Lewis. Hi, Lynn. Hi, good to have you here. And we have Sunny, who is in our chat room, and she's a regular member to our uh, Yahoo discussion Twilight Zone group. And so good to have her here. And today we are going to be discussing the episode Young Man's Fancy and I'm going to give it over to Robert for the opening clip.
4: Yeah, this is another long opening. It's like a minute 23. Yes, Not as long.
3: indeed.
4: Rod felt he had to the, to get everything out in the open. So oh, yeah.
5: Here he is. <laughs> and now, Mr. Serling. You're looking at the house of the late Mrs. Henrietta Walker. This is Mrs. Walker herself as she appeared 25 years ago. And this, except for isolated objects, is the living room of Mrs. Walker's house, as it appeared in that same year. The other rooms, upstairs and down, are much the same. The time, however, is not 25 years ago, but now. The house of the late Mrs. Henrietta Walker is, you see, a house which belongs almost entirely to the past. A house which, like Mrs. Walker's clock here, has ceased to recognize the passage of time. Only one element is missing now, one remaining item in the estate of the late Mrs. Walker. Her son, Alex, 34 years of age and up till 20 minutes ago, the so called perennial bachelor. With him is his bride, the former Miss Virginia Lane. They're returning from the city hall in order to get Mr. Walker's clothes packed, make final arrangements for the sale of the house, lock it up, and depart on their honeymoon. Not a complicated set of tasks, it would appear. And yet the newlywed Mrs. Walker is about to discover that the old adage, you can't go home again, has little meaning in the twilight zone.
3: Wow.
5: <laughs> yeah. Like well, it's a good life.
3: Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. It gets the whole thing out in the open there. Yes, you have a newly married husband and wife, and, and they return to the husband's late mother's home where he grew up. And the plan is to get the house ready to sell. So, you know, he finds it very difficult to leave the place. He can't sell it. Or he says he can't sell it. He can't bear the thought of selling it. And once in the house, his new wife, Virginia, or as he calls her, Verge, uh, she's bothered because there are constant reminders that Mama is somehow present in the house and vying for her son's loyalty. So eventually, Alex becomes so engrossed in childhood memories that his mother reappears and he becomes a child again. And his wife then at the end accuses his mother of causing this, but the mother says it was not her doing. She says, I did not do this. This was not my doing. <laughs> our I our do not cousin.
4: drink wine.
3: I, not, I, I hear nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your Hungarian
4: <laughs> accent there, Lynn?
3: <laughs> I hear nothing. I see nothing. <laughs> and the husband, who now becomes a young boy again, a child, he tells his wife to go away. He says, go away, lady. We don't need you anymore. And then, you know, Virginia, she's, uh, I mean, her face, I mean, she's struck with horror, and she flees the house, leaving her boy-slash-husband and his ghostly mother behind. And, oh, wow, you know, but this episode, without a doubt, certainly has one of Rod Serling's longest opening narrations. I mean, he really felt he needed to set this story up for the viewers, and there's nothing wrong with that. I always enjoy Rod's narrations, but he really dwelled on this one, just like he did with uh, It's a Good Life. Uh, it, just really going into it, and that's unusual. There are very few that are like that. But, you know, Young Man's Fancy, and it tells the tale of a, a completely obsessive mama's boy and his new bride. And uh, I don't know, the, the new bride, Virginia, uh, Felix Tha- Phyllis uh, Thaxter, I think it's Phyllis Thaxter. She played her, and uh, she specialized there in uh, agonizing over-the-top facial expressions. Uh, I I found it somewhat unbelievable, though, somewhat unbelievable that this newly married guy, Alex, he steps out of his car, kisses his new wife so passionately in the doorway, and then within three minutes becomes completely irrational and never come with nostalgia. And it's most likely brought on, of course, by his mother's supernatural force because we are in the Twilight Zone. So, you know, it has to be brought on by that. Uh, And and, uh, I can understand why his bride, of only, what is it, 20, 30 minutes, was so distraught and spooked out. But I had to laugh. I really did have to laugh at the expressions, their facial expressions. She was was really good at that. But she was seeing her husband sinking back into his childhood while the house's contents were changing into vintage items right before her eyes. And then we find out at the end that it really was Alex who was willing himself back to his childhood, not his mother's doing. But his obsession with mommy almost reminded me of Psycho, the movie Psycho with Norman Bates. He couldn't let go of his mother either. you know. Every and unfortunately, loves
4: his mother. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> mama. <laughs> hey, mama. <laughs> but, just missing you know, the
4: psycho music and the lightning at the end of the episode would have been just perfect for this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Well, unfortunately, this episode should have been creepier than it was, you know. I mean, it, it wasn't as creepy as Psycho, that's for sure. It should have been a little creepier. I mean, there was a little bit of a chill factor, you know. Not enough, as far as I'm concerned. But Mother Walker, in this episode, she looked more bored and stern than scary. I mean, she she's like Why'd you smile? bring me
4: back, son? I didn't want to yeah. come back.
3: <laughs> like, I was perfectly happy, you know. I was hanging out you know up there uh, with Carrie Grant and whatever I mean but she didn't she definitely never smiled for her photos i mean she was very stern you know and i don't know she she didn't scare me i i didn't find this you know all that uh spooky i guess you could say um there's a one hour episode in season 4 titled the incredible world of Horace Ford and that stars Pat Pat Hingle and it's uh, just like with Kick the Can. Kick the Can, I think it was, what, uh, season one or two. Um, this episode centers around a man who longs to return to his youth. And so to me, this plot is quite overdone. The story's becoming mediocre. I mean, I'll admit that I felt sorry for the new bride, and I wanted to slap some sense into Alex, but she said she waited 12 years to marry him because he was such a mama's boy. So, wasn't she like a little bit of a fool? I mean, she should have seen some of this lunacy coming. I don't know. But anyway, Alex Alex Nichol, he played Alex Walker. And he died in 2010. He was 85 when he died. And Felix Baxter played his wife, Virginia. And she died, I think, uh, last year, I think last last August or something, uh, at the age of 92, right before the age of 92. But... For those who remember the first Christopher Reeve Superman movie in 1978, you may recall that baby Superman was found and adopted by Mr. and Mrs. Kent, and Glenn Ford played Pa Kent,
2: while Mm -hmm. Felix
3: Baxter played Ma Kent. So that's just something to look for next time you watch that movie. Anyway, not one of the best episodes, but not one of the worst. I'm I'm giving it a two rating for average. And I do want to, before I go on, want to welcome Felix. Felix, Felix, Felix. Hey, Felix. So glad to see you here. And why is Dave here? Dave's here?
1: Boy, it must have ended early for you, Dave. What's up? (laughs) Hi, guys. Um, Yeah, um, I went out to to a um, 40th anniversary wedding we started the evening, uh, because uh, the, the main host is diabetic, we started the evening meal at 6.30, well, 7 o'clock by the time we had. So, it was all done and dusted by 11 o'clock, and I've just been dropped off home. So, although I haven't watched the episode and I can't contribute much, I thought I'd drop in and see what was happening.
3: Well, all- Awesome! Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Oh, we have people here. We have Felix here, and we have Sonny here from the from the Yahoo group. Sonny's here, and uh, we have Lewis here. He's a new member. So we've got we've got lots of people here. I'm glad you dropped by. Wonderful. Well, well do you, have today, a good time? you can
4: just sit, you can sit back and have a
1: glass of have another glass of wine. And have another quiz. Another. That's the operative word. Another. Yeah. <laughs>
3: That sounds like you had a good time,
1: though. <laughs> I did indeed. No, no driving. I got a lift home, so I'm a very happy young man. So, well, <laughs> let's f- forget the young, but I feel it.
4: Well, this episode could um, relate to day, you, there, Dave. Young man's back,
3: fancy, back right?
4: Day. Yeah. I'm right.
3: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, feeling inside. Fengel, you're
4: young, Dave. You're a young man.
3: Uh, that's right. And Felix, and Felix said he'll have a nice Merlot. So, everybody's looking to drink with you, Dave. (laughs) All right. Well, Robert, you're up, boy.
4: Oh, really? Am I? Okay. Yes, you are. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, as I I (laughs) said earlier, this had to be one of Rod's longest ones again. Of course, I don't know why he has to feel that. he Like, it's a good lie. has to explain and put everything out on the table for her. But, I mean, we could have pretty much much figured that out, but of course I miss him in the fourth season because I don't know why they went back to, you know, the way he would introduce episodes season one, season two. I liked it better in season three where he was part of the background. And unfortunately Yeah, me it. too.
3: I really did. I like I liked that better. I liked seeing him.
4: Yeah, on season four we're up the Death Ship now and we're kind of trudging along during season four with a lot of these episodes on the... Um, you yeah, know, the written part of the board, but am I delaying this? I must be. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs>
2: anyway.
4: uh, just to come down, When um, Kick the Can was this season. Oh, and, that's right. Uh, You're right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And it's basically what this is. Is just another version of Kick the Can. It, it very much feels like that that's what this episode was pretty much about, and uh, about you know Alex wanted to go back to his childhood and just couldn't face um reality as we know it today, what's interesting is it it asks a lot of questions it don't really answer answer them for us i mean um the scene where um, um we could tell that Alex was still a boy at heart, he never grew up, you know he could never shed the past dominance of his mother. And it's interesting where we feel that it was the mother that was doing this that it actually, as you said, Lynn, it was Alex that was doing this. You know, when the time came to choose between his resurrected mother or his newly married wife, he chose to live in the past with his mother.
3: It was all in his mind.
4: Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, was it purely his desire that caused the house to revert back to the past? Or was it the spirit of the house that did that? Now, see, was it everything that... The house took from the mother and Alex, thereby going back into the past, is why the house changed. Also, um, now that he's a boy again, when he goes outside, does he become an adult again? <laughs> what era does he end up in? Yeah, is he, yeah. 25 years ago, you know, let's go get ice cream, go to the zoo, and all this stuff he tells her. Yeah, but if you step outside the door, are you going to stay that young kid? Or are you back in whatever, your 1930s or whatever? Or are you still in the present? See, that's another question that um, is out there that's not answered. Yeah. And, and, so, and,
3: and you realize Bear Fan Ron has a comment for you.
4: Well, he always does. <laughs>
3: yeah. Hi, Ron.
4: I have a comment for Ron. Hi, there.
3: <laughs>
5: mm.
4: You mentioned Psycho, I'll put that on later on to reality. Mm-hmm. I do have a have a scene from that one.
5: Here we have a quiet little motel, when in fact it has now become known as the scene of the crime. You have a vacancy? Oh, we have 12 vacancies. You know this is the first place it looks like it's hiding from the world? I think that We're all in our private traps, clamped in them. And none of us can ever get out. Is anyone at home? Oh, that, uh, that must be my mother. Is anything wrong? as if there's something wrong. She's not missing so much as she's run away. Put me down! Mother! Oh, God! Mother! What are you running away from? She looked like a wrong one to you. It's not as if she were a... a maniac. She just goes... a little mad sometimes...
4: But actually, this episode reminded me of the Wawa West episode called The Night of the Man Eating House. It was season 2, episode 40. And it's where Jim West and Artemis Gordon, and of course, um, Ross Martin is um, in an upcoming episode that we reviewed called Death Ships. Uh, that's mm-hmm. later on down the line. The two episodes. Um, he yeah. yep. spent a night in a haunted house with a prisoner and the prisoner transforms back to his younger self it turns out that the house was owned by his parents and at times you could hear a woman crying which turned out to be the spirit of his dead mother it seemed the son took the blame for something that his father did and he unjustly went to prison for so yeah. and, and it, the power of the house sucked the life of the people that were in the house thereby transferring that essence into her son. And then bringing her son, you know, he comes in as a prisoner. He doesn't tell anybody that that was his old house. They have to find it out later on. And then he turns back into his 30-some years old.
3: Ah, son. okay. Yeah.
4: So very much a, a connection to this. Very
3: reminiscent,
4: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's other movies that have evil spirits in them, too, um, you might remember House, William Cat. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, not the greatest of um, horror movies to say, um, but the guy that played Bull in uh, Night Court was in. That oh game. yeah,
3: oh I like yep, yeah, Richard Mall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I forgot his name. Thank
4: you. Also, Poltergeist with Jeb F. Williams, and there's also other ones. Hell House is another one that came in the, I think, was mm-hmm. in the '60s or something like that. That had Roddy McDowell in it, if I remember correctly, in that one. So.
3: Oh, I love him. Felix says he, he, hate, he didn't like this episode. He gives it a half half a star.
4: Mm. When I went along with you, I give it a, a two out of five. I was, two, being, yeah. I was being generous with this episode, <laughs> uh, yeah. unfortunately. Okay, um, Bobby, all yours. All righty, Robert.
0: Uh, three Good luck three bad episodes in a row three the third bad episode we've had on this show consecutively and we've got one of the worst ever coming up in a few weeks
2: <laughs> and the
0: other ones the other ones are pretty mediocre to my mind so it's perfectly clear it has been for some time that the twilight zone is past its prime and really doesn't have a whole lot to offer anymore yes indeed there are some classic episodes coming up, one of my all-time favorites in Season 5, a couple of other ones, and even a couple in the dreadful Season 4, the hour-long episodes. But basically, this series is over, and why not? I mean, after all, in those days on TV, they were doing 34 and 35 episodes a season. So even though this we are in Season 3, in reality... We're approaching the end of season four. If it was on TV today, they would have already been through four seasons, only doing about 24, 25, 26 episodes a season now on TV at the most. And so all of the good ideas are really gone, and it's obvious, and it's painful to watch that. And is this series really a classic TV series if it falls apart that badly? I'm not suggesting that you wipe out all the good times, but it really is kind of sad. And it's going to get a lot worse, and that's what really bothers me about this. Three terrible episodes in a row. If I were watching TV today and I watched a TV series that did three of these lousy stories in a row, I'd probably give up on it. I'd probably stop watching it um, because I I would figure they've got nothing left to offer. And this episode is just another example. I mean, people give it too much of a pants as business about, going back and using old plot lines again and again and again and again, especially when they're not that good to begin with. And I kept thinking to myself, what is a really good one-word description for this episode? And I came up with it. It's trite. That's what it is. And I went on the Internet to find a definition of trite, and the definition of trite is overused and consequently of little import, lacking originality or freshness. And that's a perfect example of this episode. It's, there's nothing new about it. And I really wish that Rod Serling were the, and his writer, Richard Matheson, get over this terrible obsession with going back to childhood. It is absolutely absurd. I can understand doing it once or even twice, but not again and again and again. And this notion that you'll find instant happiness if you go back to your childhood is absurd. Not everybody has a good memory of their childhood. Some people have horrible childhoods and are abused, sexually abused and physically abused and verbally abused and have terrible times. Some are hungry and don't have anywhere to live. But in the Twilight Zone, all you got to do is go back, whether it's kick the can or this ep- episode or any other one, and you can just – that will solve everything. Just go back and be a kid again. And as I said in my review, the only reason to go back – be kid again if you could do it is to avoid dying to stay young forever (laughs) or to avoid getting sick as people do when they get older and so there really isn't any reason to go back there as for this absolutely dreadful story it's simply ridiculous first of all the husband is a total wuss from the time the story begins before he ever sees his mother again just at the beginning it's obviously even if he hadn't gotten obsessed with his long-gone mother his uh, new wife was pushing him around in the first few minutes of the story. She's telling them what they're going to do and when to do it, and how to do it. And he's just standing there like a moron. So obviously he's not ready to be a husband or a man. So I don't really think it matters whether mommy shows up or not. And uh, then, and, and as Linda's already mentioned, I mean, the the actress, uh, she's a good actress, but I mean, in this episode, all these ridiculous faces and standing there and making her eyes real wide and, (laughs) <laughs> she just can't believe what she's seeing. I have a clue for her. Just turn around and get out of there in a hurry. And just tell him that, you know, if that's how he feels about it. He's but to stand there just to fill time up for a half an hour and, uh, and and take this over and over and over again is is utterly absurd. So I think, I you know, I mean, he sees his mother and he wets the floor immediately. What is wrong with him? Uh, does he really <laughs> want to go back to his childhood? You know, if this story was done today... The way TV is so graphic today, I'd have to wonder whether he just wants to go back to his childhood or he really has got a thing for his mother.
4: I mean, in in the story, he
0: he disappears into the bedroom with her. Are they sleeping together or what? I know he's just a little (laughs) kid, but it's pretty bizarre. And I just just think that the the whole thing is just absurd. And uh, one of the things I hate most about, and it's not only Twilight Zone, but any program I'm watching, any – any drama is i totally despise when there is no character to like now that may only be true of me, but I get involved in stories when there's a character I care about, somebody I'm worried about or something I mean not to compare this to classic episodes, but you know back in time enough alas, you really cared about about him, whether or not was about whether or not he was going to survive a nuclear war, uh, and the hitchhiker really cared about her and whether or not. She was being uh, uh, followed by some unsavory-looking individual. And there are lots of classic episodes where you really get involved. I don't get involved in a story when I basically don't like the character and I don't care what happens to him. From the minute this began, I really didn't give a damn about him at all. I, didn't, I thought to myself, you want to go live with your mother? Go live with your mother. Don't tell me about it. And have a good time. So there's nothing in it for me. I don't care what happens to him. He lost his new wife and he deserved to. And and basically, that's about it. So it's just a a lousy episode. It really scares me to think that this might have been put in the hour long season because I found it absolutely brutal to sit and watch it. I just hated every minute of it. And uh, if it had been an hour long, imagine we would have had another 20, 25 minutes of him standing there looking at her picture and Mm -hmm. looking down at the floor and looking like he's going to cry. And the wife opening her eyes as wide as possible and not believing what she's saying, it would have been absolutely ridiculous. I, I gave it a one. I have no idea what I was thinking, why I gave it a one. <laughs> I agree with the comment before that it probably deserves a half. We don't have a one-half rating, but we should. And one-half uh, one, one half would probably be sufficient for this. <laughs> but I'm not even sure about that. Hey,
1: Bob. It's just Bob. Huh?
0: Ron, Ron
3: Bear fan Ron says he agrees with you. There's no likable characters, and he said, "Thank God that our show has you because he hates everyone else here."
0: Because what?
3: He hates everyone else here. He's just kidding. He laughed afterwards.
0: Well, laughed. I just thought Ron, I just, loves
3: Ron. I just, Ron thinks you're terrific. I
0: just tell <laughs> it like I like I see it, and of course, over at the good old Internet Movie <laughs> Database, it got like a I don't know, almost a seven out of ten rating. And there was only four reviews, and they loved it. And <laughs> they thought it was a touching story about, it a, man, the
4: mama's kids came about a man
0: these... and his mother. Oh. And, you know, it's like pure nonsense. Boy, it's utterly awful. ridiculous. <laughs> but my question, <laughs> if I had a question for the writer, is that why did this man get married in the first place? What was the point? Why? You mean to tell me that he really – why get married? If you're not prepared to be a man, and you're not prepared to be a husband, and you're not going to give uh, to your wife what husbands give to wives, and why even bother? There's no, uh, there's no obvious motivation. There's no reason for them to do it in the first place. They mm-hmm. should have just, you know, stayed in that house like Norman Bates. And after she dies, he can do what Norman Bates did. He can then he can keep her corpse down in the basement,
1: Rest and he off. can
0: talk to it forever. And uh, it's just, it's just an idiotic story. But I'm really disturbed. Now, I know I say this every show, but it's just a shame really to see a series like this kind of descend from week to week. And I'm. I, I, Keep wondering what the interest of Rod Serling was in this series. It just feels to me like, as it went on from the late in season three into four and into five, that he started to really lose interest in it. There really wasn't the kind of originality and groundbreaking drama that there was at the beginning. Now, it's easy for me to say because I don't have to come up with something original every week. And I agree that you know, if he was alive, he'd say, well, well you try and see what you can come up with. But I, I, I sense that uh, there isn't the kind of, uh, of fascination with the series that there was in the early days, and I just I look ahead, especially and uh, Robert and Linda know what episode I'm talking about. We've got more comedy coming up in about a month, and that is just dreadful beyond belief, and uh it just it it's, it's just a shame to see it decline like this. As for this episode, just uh, trait is the word. That's what it is. There's nothing original about it and nothing interesting about it. So I will take my one point and turn it into a half. I think a half a point is,
5: is, is. <laughs> All
0: right.
4: Robbie?
5: Let's, yeah.
4: <clears throat> I was thinking maybe one problem with the Twilight Zone, and actually some of the shows seem to um, act a little differently than they did in the past where they change showrunners and they change writers. They just um, yeah. get rid of the old writers and bring in some new writers, as we would say, fresh blood. I don't think Twilight Zone ever brought in fresh blood. Oh, I agree. To they keep no, it no, young. No. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, it's very tempting to not change writers when you're a success, and people love it, and you know, you're getting enough good ratings to stay on the air, and nobody particularly, there weren't shows like this back then. There wasn't an the Internet for people to talk about it. And as long as it's going well, why change anything? Everybody seems he, to be happy, so if they want to keep doing the same story over and over again, let them keep doing it. As long as people are willing to watch it,
3: and you that's know what? fine. But I don't think
0: you could blow this by anybody today, yeah? Mm-hmm. You
3: know what, Ron? Ron brings up a good point. He said he he bets that Rod got set up with bullshit, and he probably did. You know, because he was getting a lot of crap from the, uh, you know, from the higher ups. You know, censoring different things that he did, and uh,
0: not well. Of the worst part the air. Is- CBS gave him no money. That that's a complete right. disgrace. Right, because he didn't have ten
4: dollars, Rod. do what you can with <laughs> it. Yeah,
3: right. His budget his budget was so low between the censors I mean, and the budget. I mean it was When
4: terrible. you when
0: you consider that it costs millions of dollars now, just to pull on a half an hour sitcom and nobody even blinks about it, it's utterly disgraceful that they that is the worst thing done to this series. To pull the plug on the money and simply say I mean it's it's a science fiction series too, and to – uh, you know, I, I, I'll i give him credit for one thing. I would have told them where to shove it, and I would have said, you know what? You run the show. I would have walked out on it because there's no way in the world. They made money off of it. And it's simply disgraceful what they did. It's absolutely you see, I mean,
3: you, you see how they they used props over and oh, over the same sure. props over and over and over and over oh. again. They used the same settings, the same everything, because poor Rod is like, well, you know, why get something else when when uh, you know you already have this and you already have that? Why can't we use this over and over again like twenty, thirty times? And well, that's-
4: there is a, there is another show that did do that, and Dave would agree with me. It's called Doctor Who. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. how many years uh, well, they did it
1: that, with a reason, of course.
0: Is that still running? Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Reboot series is. Yeah. From 2005.
4: <laughs> still going,
0: yeah. Yeah, well, it, it's, it, I, I wouldn't want to have the responsibility to come up with a, an original idea every week, and I don't expect that. I don't really mind if you take an old idea and you kind of change it a little bit, but in this series, it's just too many times. This business of going back to being a child again. This is just ludicrous. It's absolutely ridiculous. You've you have done it already. You've made your point. And I just wonder whether Rod Sterling uh, wanted to go back to his childhood. He should have. He only lived to be 51.
4: Well, going he wanted to, to be a time he be lord. He just today. couldn't regenerate, Bobby. That was the problem. Well, I agree.
0: <laughs> but, you know, it's not done.
3: It's not done. There's still another one, I think, coming up. Uh Short Drink from a Certain Fountain, and I think that's in season five. I think that's season five with uh, Patrick, uh, oh, God, I forget his name now, and Rudy Lee.
4: Oh, okay, I remember Rudy yeah, Lee. Yeah,
3: Short Drink from a Certain Fountain, and, you know, it's yeah. another one about going back to the childhood. So, you know, they don't stop. They don't stop at all.
4: Yeah, but you got to
0: realize one thing. That was a different world back then, and a TV season had a beginning and an ending. And when you get to the next season or two seasons down the road, people don't even remember that they've already seen that. Today, with the internet and on and shows like this and everything, everybody knows every episode and we can look back and go, Didn't you just do that a couple of weeks ago? I think back then you could pull that you could pull that stone on anybody. Yeah. You could two seasons later you could do the story and nobody would do I it. it looks familiar to me, but I don't think they really did it. So
2: Um You know my quick question to ask you guys, or at least you, Robert, or is it Bobby I <laughs> uh, didn't you think this episode was a bit of a tragedy at the end? I mean, the thing is that the episode really is taken from the point of view of Phyllis You're Philly saying Staxter.
4: Shakespearean? Yeah.
2: Well, I'm just saying since the episode seems to be taken from the point of view of Phyllis Daxter's character, which is one of the weaknesses of the, I think, the story, because the changes happen to the husband and not to the wife, but we're really seeing it from the point of view of the wife.
0: Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't feel sorry for her. Well, are you suggesting I should feel sorry for her?
2: Well, not her. I think the the husband character is supposed to be a tragic character. Her, yeah, you're supposed to feel a little bit sorry for her, but yeah, she oh, was a little yeah, bit of I feel uh, a uh, sorry
3: for her. I mean, she was stupid enough to wait 12 <laughs> years for this man, but I feel sorry that you know, within 20 minutes of her being married, he turned into
0: a complete ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah I feel sorry for for in that. So it's respect. hard for me to believe that he that he acted like a man towards her, and then all of a sudden. Collapsed and turned into a child. Right. There had to be yeah. signs early on uh, okay. that he was not going to be what she'd hoped he would be. I i, I can't buy it. Well,
3: that's why I said with, within twelve years of waiting and knowing that he was so devoted to his mother. I mean, there had to have been some signs that you know there was a little bit of uh mama's boy thing going on here. But you had to. I'm sure that she did not expect within twenty. To 30 minutes of being married to this man that he was going to turn into a child again you know that, that he was Unless going like, to say that's it I, I'm, I'm not leaving mama I'm not leaving the house
0: uh-huh.
4: I don't I think, think it's, it's a like Andy Bill Horror ending going into the house and the house changing the person when yeah. the family moves in there I don't think it's a
0: tragic ending at all he gets what he wants and she gets to go and live with an actual man
4: I think it's a very
0: upbeat ending, actually. If she actually. can
3: find one, you have to remember, she waited 12 years. I don't. I mean, yeah. if that's she should
0: fine. wait another 35 years to stay away from him. I don't get how many years it is, so what?
3: No, but, you know, I mean, she waited 12 years. God, I don't know how old they were. Oh, he was 34. He was supposed to be 34. So you have to assume she was between 32 and 34. You know, now she's got to find a guy at that point in her life, back in that day and age. You know, back in the 60s when women got married and when they were 18, 19 20 years old. I mean, it's not going to be easy for her.
2: No. Um, you know, I mean, I think I like this episode a little bit better than you guys. Oh, but then again, I haven't really been immersed in Twilight Zone like you guys have, I guess, for the past couple of years.
3: Oh, well, um, you'll have to do that. You'll have to immerse yourself.
2: <laughs> I mean, I've seen the episodes before in the past, but I haven't really gone back to look at them most recently. I just looked at the, my most favorites. I mean, I don't like this episode that much more, probably marginally so more, maybe like a 2.5. Um, but I did like Phyllis Faxter's performance. You know, I also got a kind of... Um, uh, uh, um, I'm trying to figure out the, uh, the short story about the, the telltale heart. For a minute there, for a while there, I was thinking that maybe oh, yeah. Phyllis was kind, Yeah, I was thinking Phyllis Faxter was... This was a manifestation of her guilt. Because you get the impression that she really pulled the husband away from the mother. and But it's never really developed how she did it. But, you know, there's a scene where he's she's talking to her husband saying, you know, you're mine now. You're not your mother's, and I'm going to keep you. So you get the impression that she did a lot of work to pull him towards her side. And, you know, for a while, I thought maybe there was a manifestation of guilt going on. That's why she was seeing all these things happening and changing. But uh, I I think I do agree that it was kind of like there's this Twilight Zone-ish effect of that house and the fact that he came back. I mean, the mother was supposed to have been dead for about a year, right? And then they were to the house to sell it. So, I mean, yeah, it's not a strong episode. I think it had a lot – it could have had more promise than it presented, but uh, I mean, I I didn't hate it as much. I really liked Phil Spector's performance. I think that's what probably made it a little better for me.
3: You didn't mind? Did you? What about all those crazy faces she was making? <laughs> I,
2: I kind of liked You know, I mean, uh, sometimes I kind of like that theatrical acting over the more you yeah, know, well, method well, a little acting over, over. The,
3: little over the top
2: kind. She's got she's got to deliver a lot of information in a half hour, so. She's got to show these reactions to all these things changing. I mean, there's a scene where uh, the man who's selling the house picks up the phone, and she sees that it changes. Yeah. So I'm trying to the remember, does it change
4: eyes. back? Too <laughs> bad the-, the phone didn't change it to the toy phone from um, long-distance call. That would have been real funny.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her <laughs> <For laughs> eyes almost plugged <laughs> out of her head. My God, I was like, hey, you put your eyes back in your head, <laughs>
2: Yeah, but the point is, did the phone actually change or was it in her mind? When the man picked up the phone, he picked it up as a regular phone.
3: Yeah, see, then you don't know. You don't know. That's because she was in the Twilight Zone. So you, don't, you don't know if it did or it didn't, but uh, I guess it did. I guess it did. And you know, that had to be pretty freaky for her. Kind <laughs> of um, have
4: a reminiscence of static to it, too. Remember at the end of static?
3: Uh
4: mm-hmm. huh. Yeah. Back in the past again. Yeah.
3: Yeah, another one. Yeah, these people going back in the past. Absolutely. And Dave, you didn't you didn't get a chance to watch it again? It's Dave here.
1: Um, yeah, sorry, I was <laughs> muted. Um, no, I, I didn't I, I didn't get a chance to watch it. No, I'm sorry. Um, uh, I'm not sure whether I missed a lot uh, listening to what's being said. But um, yeah, uh, was it episode ninety nine, season three, episode ninety nine, first aired? 11th of uh, May, 1962. And I'll say all that for those people listening to the recording later. But, no, I mean, um, written by Robert Matheson, of course, who uh, I still think of uh, a great writer from, um, oh, oh, what was the famous one he did? I Am um, Legend. I Am the, Legend, yeah. The nightmare R- on 20,000 Yeah. So, I mean, I've got great admiration for him as a writer. But from from what the guys have said here on the call probably not the, the finest hour on the Twilight Zone. So, um, And, yeah, I know Bobby has said they've not been uh, great. Was it three or four episodes on the run? But I think next week, without uh, jumping the gun, as it were, we've got a great title. If I say I sing the body electric, oh, yeah, a lot of people will know what that means.
3: Mm-hmm. Two weeks from now, yeah.
4: I had to dig up that song from Fame for that show. Nobody knows what I'm talking about.
3: No, no. <laughs> is that Ralph Waldo Emerson or something?
4: Based on a poem, yep. yeah,
3: by Ralph Waldo Emerson, yeah. And that's that's two weeks from now. Uh, on the fourth, May fourth, we're gonna be doing that
4: one. Same for my birthday, yay! What
3: is it? My what my birthday's
4: May the fifth.
3: Your birthday's May the fifth.
4: Yep, and I turn before. Dr. Who turns 50. I turn 50. I've been here half a century, but it feels like cool centuries here.
3: I've seen a lot. I'm older than a lot of trees in my backyard. (laughs) Well, what about
0: my birthday? I'm turning uh, forty. Oh,
3: that's right. April 25th. This
0: coming
4: week,
3: April 25th is Bobby's birthday. Whee!
4: Whee! Make sure you put cake on the site for Bobby. Happy birthday or pre-birthday. We're getting old, Bobby. I'm turning. Birthday. I'm turning forty. Actually, you should say thirty-nine. <coughs> in Jack Benny's age. No, so forties
2: are. Oh, what okay. you should say is that you're in your your late thirties. Late thirties,
3: that's right. You know, I'm in my late thirties, I'm forty two, so <laughs> I mean, like the old Jack Benny. What was Jack Benny never never twenty nine? Yeah. Oh, everybody's birthday's coming. Dave, when's your birthday?
1: I will I will shame you all. I'll be sixty seven in November.
3: Sixty
1: seven? Yeah. Eight. Old man. Okay.
3: You don't look a day over 49.
1: Oh, really? I'm I'm not
3: that old. Yeah, gosh, I've seen your picture. You don't look a day over 49.
1: Oh, what a lovely woman.
3: You handsome devil. (laughs) Oh, Dave is a hot stud. You don't look a day over 49.
4: (laughs) Oh, and by the way, um, Bear fan, Ron, don't embarrass me on your show tonight. Now you know when my birthday is. I will be listening. Oh, to this now cable. he knows.
3: Do it, right Now he knows.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so your birthday is May fifth, right?
4: Mhm. Yeah.
3: Okay, and Bobby's is April twenty fifth. Oh my God, we got all these celebrations coming up.
1: Yeah, it's one of these amazing facts, Lynn. People have a birthday every year. No. <laughs> where did you
3: read that on the internet? <laughs> That's right, because they can't put anything on the Internet that's not true. That's right. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, anyway, we'll uh, see you all. We're, our next show is two weeks from now, so we'll see you all two weeks. May do
4: you 4th. want me to bring Rod back for our next time, Well,
3: Yes, yes. actually, I would like you to bring Rod back. He hasn't left yet, has he? No,
4: nah, he's still stop, in the, the, the studio. And
3: ask him to come back and make one more comment for us.
4: Okay, we got him properly against the desk here, sir. So
3: oh, yeah, I would appreciate that. Prop him up.
5: <laughs> Rod Serling, the creator of Twilight Zone, will tell you about next week's story after this word from our alternate sponsor. And now, Mr. Serling. The name Ray Bradbury has become synonymous with a new horizon of American writing. Next week on The Twilight Zone, we present a typical Bradbury tale. It also has typical Bradbury ingredients, including a grandmother built in a factory... Now, if this doesn't intrigue you, then I'm simply not doing justice to a most intriguing tale. I hope you'll join us next week for I Sing the Body Electric. There it is.
3: Bye, Ron. Thank you, Ron. We really appreciate you stopping by. Isn't that nice that Ron stopped by for that? He's a wonderful man. Wonderful man. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> okay, so two weeks from now, on Saturday, May 4th, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, I Sing the Body Electric. So, happy birthday to Bobby for April 25th. And we will see Robert before the 5th. And we'll talk to Robert before the 5th. But but we'll say happy birthday anyway. Anybody else's birthday that's coming up, happy birthday. Happy birthday.
0: Thank you.
3: <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, everybody. Well, I'm so glad. Ron, thank you for joining us. Sonny, thank you for joining us. Felix, Felix, what did he say? Shame Bradbury didn't get a chance. To, yeah, you know I agree with that. Felix said it's a shame that Bradbury didn't get a chance to write more episodes for the for the Twilight Zone, and he's right because he he did submit a lot of episodes and they didn't get taken. Uh, so I agree. But Felix, thank you so much for joining us, and absolutely want to thank uh Lewis for being here Lewis I'm glad you're you're a new uh caller and it was a wonderful to have you here you added so much to the show so I hope you'll be here again in 2 weeks if you can uh,
2: Yeah I'll, I'll do my best
3: All right so everybody have a wonderful rest of their weekend and uh, Ron we're glad to do the show and I'm glad you're here and we'll see you in 2 weeks bye everybody bye
4: bye bye Bye. And remember,
1: Mother's Day is coming up next month. That's right.
3: Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there.
1: Does <laughs> not <didn't> sound right? <laughs> hey, you mothers. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as old snaggle
4: poos would say, exit stage left. Hey, Bye, everybody. <laughs>